Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 227. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we take the tween that is American democracy, fit it for braces, successfully move all the fucked up teeth to the right spot, and then fit it for a retainer. And then, decades later, we stop wearing the retainer because we got lazy. So we have an election where we decide to wear the retainer again. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I do weird metaphors, and I wear a mouth guard at night because sometimes I clench my jaws. Uh, but that's a different analogy altogether. Folks, today we're going to talk about climate change and the Biden administration. We're also going to talk about the moderate and progressive divide. And finally, we'll talk about uh, equity pay in New Zealand. Today, I have the best panel ever. This panel is so exciting. First of all, joining us again, we love her. I I just want to say I personally love her. I've, I've gotten to see her perform dozens of times um, around the country. She's so funny. She never doesn't kill. Yeah, that's a double negative that means she always fucking kills. Uh, she's a comedian, obviously. She is also the host of NPR's Ask Me Another. And she's an all-around fantastic fucking person. You guys, it's Ophira Eisenberg. Hey, Ophira. Aw, hi. Remember performing? I know. Remember when oh. we used to just see each other at comedy clubs and it was cute? Complain. Oh, complain know. about the live audience. Oh, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> never again, Ophira. Never I again. Know. I know. The dead audiences just don't. They don't produce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would complain but, about the size of the audience. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll perform for like just a one person audience now. I don't care. Exactly. It's fine. As long as it's not in my fucking apartment. Oh. Um, okay, folks, uh, that voice you heard. Mm. Oh, that voice you heard. You know that voice because he has been... Uh, one of the most famous, maybe the most famous science educator of all of America. He is the CEO of the Planetary Society. He has regaled us and taught us and just been an all-around fantastic science person and entertainer and um, smart dude uh, for many, many years here in America, the legendary Bill Nye. Hi, Bill. Hi, it's been Hi. it's been years. It's been it's been years since we've seen each other, which is never. 
as far as you know. That's right. That's you know right. what? I would love to get one of those. I think they do this. I don't know if they do this. Do they do this where they have an app that shows where you've been and if you've ever been on the same block as yes. someone you know? Like, I think the three of us should do that thing. Am I making it up or does that actually exist? I think well, there was a dating app. There was a dating app that that was part of the premise. And I forget which dating app it was, but it was this idea that you, you it would show you how I mean, sort of like Tinder, I suppose, show you how close yeah. you are to someone. But it was the idea that you might be interacting with someone that is right in front of you. It sounds Ugh. a little creepy, people. I don't think, <laughs> no, due respect, I don't think you all as ladies want guys knowing uh, where you where are. Where we been. Yeah, or where well, you I, are right I, now. I mean, with I respect, to, New York, to go there was stereotypical a... on that, yeah. That's a yeah, stereotypical a... comment, I mind you. Uh, well, I there was a theory when I moved to New York that if you stood on opposite corners of Times Square, that you would eventually run into, you know, something like it was like three people, you know, from high school or something like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And I and I still yeah, I, I, I kind of like the idea, you know, you, that weird thrill you get that you find out that someone, you know, also goes to the same coffee shop that you've ever been to. Do, do, right. Do, do, like yes. that do, do, weird do, do, thrill. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Well, for you right. guys, it might be a thrill. For me, it's a little, as I said, creepy. <laughs> it depends on who the person is, right? It depends on what your privacy settings are. I mean, if it's George Clooney, these are probably in. If it's <laughs> somebody else, you might not be. George Clooney is on trending on Twitter today. He gave a million dollars to fourteen of his friends. Um, okay, let's get That's the show a practical started. Practical joke. He's always <laughs> wow. doing this sort of hilarious. He's always just gags. hilariously yeah. giving people. What a is it dollars. like to be the fifteenth friend? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm down the 15th there. Fifteenth friend got nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm down there in the nine hundred thousandth friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get started with topic number one. Okay, so uh, we've been in the climate shitter for years, uh, four <laughs> years specifically. Donnie left the Paris Climate Accord. He dismantled the clean power plan. Under Donnie, the Department of Energy rolled back a policy that requires new light bulbs to meet energy efficiency standards that Bush came out with, another Republican. Um, nobody was against that shit, you guys. Uh, and it would have saved consumers $100 extra a year. But anyways, he refused to support um, bipartisan legislation to curb super pollutants from air conditioners and refrigerators. I mean, he's against the bipartisan climate stuff and he's against the partisan climate stuff. He's against all of it because he has been, I mean, what may lovingly be termed a piece of shit. Uh, so my question for you both is now that, um, and, and Bill, I know you talk a lot about climate science. Now that Biden is taking over, what do you want him to do? Let's well, so many of that. those things you referred to were done by so-called stroke of the pen. That is to say by executive order. So they can be undone by executive order. And can I, I, think can I just ask a quick question about that executive order? I am a Canadian and I just want to oh, say listen, I've lived you're in... Canadian. Do you know? Uh... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I've only I've only been here 20 years and I've watched American elections in the past and I've watched American governing in the past, but from afar. I, I need to ask you right now, executive orders. Were these right. used as much as, is this the first, I've never really heard of executive orders. I'm pretty sure they were created for wartime, or, mm. uh, and it was for moving resources around. Like, we need so much oil to be shipped from such and such port to support the Pacific fleet to uh, engage the Japanese military, for example. We need so many bales of wheat to go to such and such to get in charge. You know, I think that's where it was created and it's left over. You talk about left over, my Canadian colleague. This flipped in the electoral college. It was a good a way that they came up with to deal with slavery. States that had slaves and state that didn't. I mean, it's just racism built in. And as soon as that gets swept away... Uh, then things will just seem, I think, much more normal, especially with regard to climate change and climate science. Mm. Things that, where the I mean, minorities don't have this extraordinary power over uh, over our the, mass, the workings of government, and it just goes all goes back to racism in the 1600s, and so these are hard things to overcome. But we're working on it because built into the U.S. <laughs> system is change that's built in. Every four years, we take a meeting. 
And, uh, <laughs> and a and, nice Zoom call. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And so, and we make changes. And so I think certainly in the next eight years, the Electoral College will be either eliminated or will be uh, superseded by something well, like that. Well, if you get enough states agreeing to the national. Uh, Popular vote, interstate Popular vote, the NPV thing, then it will be nominally ineffective. But it could be in as short as four years. And the example I give you of how fast things can change is uh, Ooh, gay marriage. Yeah. Where everybody was all yeah. a, twi- a flutter, a weirded out, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, it's the most evil thing, clearly violating the Koran and the Bible and whatever other document you could find. But then in... I don't pick a number, for 15 years, 12 years. Well, okay, I guess it doesn't matter. Everybody's paying taxes. I guess that's fine. And so, uh, <laughs> that's right. uh, no, so things can change really fast. Well, and so that's the big question is, um, can things change uh, on on climate? You know, like, it, so so first of all, Biden's talking about, like, rejoining the Paris Climate Accord. Okay, right. that's, that's Stroke a pretty of a easy pen. one. Stroke of a pen. Stroke of a pen. He can do that. Um, there's a lot a lot of those things that I mentioned, like you said, are from the from uh, our, our executive orders. Um, the clean, you know, the the rollbacks on the dismantling of the clean power plan or, or even just, like, the EPA having someone that gives a shit. Like, that kind of stuff is all um, stuff that Biden is planning on doing. But one of the things that he's planning on doing is um is having someone like there might be some sort of like climate mobilization kind of task force or whatever that um responds to him and that works across agencies but also what he's doing with all of his cabinet appointments is saying is asking is this person sort of motivated by climate science even if it's um you know, a def- the defense department or um a de- well, you, you know, know the agriculture department if you're scoring along with us, the Department of Defense in the United States has been very concerned about climate change for decades. Uh, they've written extensively about it. And I just more about me. I interviewed a guy who was a legislator in the state legislature of Florida, the mythic mm-hmm. state of Florida. And uh, he believed that the the statement issued by the military concerned about climate change in, in along about 2010 was a result of the military people being uh, supporters of Obama. And so since they supported Obama, they decided that climate change was a serious thing for the military. But other people would say, what? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Climate is a very serious thing. You know, if you're the... We have a huge fleet, Ophira, in... um, Ophira, in... Excuse me, Ophira, in um, Norfolk, Virginia... And if Norfolk, Virginia becomes this big, soggy, sodden mess, you're going to affect the uh, you're going to affect the effectiveness of the eastern fleet of the Atlantic fleet. And so the military has been concerned about this for decades. And so I think it's very hard, my young friends, to find young people who are not concerned about climate change. So as as the old people age out as I like to express it, also known as die. Uh, <laughs> young people like yourselves are going to be running the show and action will be taken very quickly. And I hearken all the time to the example of my grandfather who w- was in World War I on a horse. He was a chemist and rode around putting chlorine or bleach in the, lister- in the canteens to keep from getting dysentery, keep people from getting dysentery. But 20 years later, 25 years later, in the, you know, the extended dance mix of that same war, World War II, (laughs) uh, nobody was on a horse. I mean, there were some horses apparently used in transport in Germany or someplace, but nobody who was serious about fighting a war did it on a horse. Everything changed in just two decades. Everything changed. So let's change everything, people. Let's get it done. Let's go. Right. And Uh, they can buy those water bottles from MoMA that disinfect your water. So that's one good thing. Don't uh, have to do the ultraviolet light. It's not magic. It's it's not magic. It's It's science. Science. Yes. And also, I imagine the, uh, you know, the Department of Defense wants to know what kind of outfits the soldiers should be wearing. 
Uh, well, yeah, and 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 water is the big thing, you know. <laughs> it was the, a, a key to the Allies winning World War II was their supply lines and fuel, oil, petroleum. Right. Uh, but uh, the the future is about a lot of it's about water, clean speaking water. Speaking of speaking of petroleum, by the way. Um, in the fossil fuel industry, Ban Ki-moon wrote this um, op-ed piece for CNN where he basically urged Biden to end fuel fossil fuel subsidies. Um, the U.S. spent, I didn't know this, $649 billion in fossil fuel subsidies in 2015 alone, more than the country's defense budget and more than seven times the federal spending on education. That's fun. Um, well, that's and the U.S. Gross. remains, along with China and Russia, one of the world's top three subsidizers of dirty fuels. So it does stand to reason. I'm, I'm sort of into Ban Ki-moon's uh, urging to Biden to like, let's fucking stop that. That seems a ridiculous one. And then the other thing that I didn't realize um, that I learned from uh, Ban Ki-moon um, is that we dedicate as little as 4% of global research and development spending on green innovation. Uh, so it's about $80 billion a, a year or just twice the amount that Amazon spends on R&D, which, again, embarrassing. Oh like, oh Amazon goodness. should not be in the in the metric of what we spend on green innovation uh, research. If I uh, were king of the Phillies. <laughs> so- you know, I... I- I'm a strong believer in uh, language is power. Yeah. And my standards are pretty low these days as to what ec- my expectations are. And, you know, I take great, uh, I take, it's just very promising to even hear these words being spoken out loud by a president oh, elect. It feels so good. Feels so good. You know, good. and I, I feel like that, you, you know, just that to me feels like there's been. There's potential. You know, we talk about policies. I can't wait to talk about policies. I am just so happy there's talk at all. You know, I Agreed. and I think I think uh, you know, why not throw some solar panels in the White House? So <laughs> yeah. I remember I very well, you guys. When I'm they originally age. when Jimmy Carter had yeah. done it. Yeah, well, I, I'm of a certain age. I remember when they were taken off. And the United States, my friends from Canada decided to stop teaching the metric system along right. about the same time. And so uh, uh, you guys, we can solve these problems. And so when it comes to fossil fuels, just remember, wouldn't it be great to just declare no more subsidies? Uh, but it's going ha- it's gonna to take time because the fossil fuel industry has been so influential right. in introducing this idea that scientific uncertainty, plus or minus 2%, is somehow the same as plus or minus 100%. I doubt about the whole thing. And plus, yeah. we have the whole economy, I mean, running on fossil fuels right now. It's going to be, there's going to be a transition. T. Boone Pickens oh. used to talk about natural gas as a bridge fuel. There's something to that. I mean, there's something to that. But the sooner right. we get going, the better. And um, we can do this. Let's let go. Me ask you, let me end this segment by asking you about the Republicans and climate science. I mean, language is power, Ophira. You're absolutely right. What? How do we make this cultural shift into having Republicans accept climate science? And the thing is, a lot of Republicans do accept climate mm-hmm. science, um, some of them overtly. And then I think a lot of them don't say it very much out loud because it's not popular. So we need a cultural shift in having just everybody accept climate science. Um, do you have any ideas on on what we do to make climate science more popular with people who have been misinformed to disagree with it? I mean, just basic. You just got to make it profitable. So here's what we there want. You go. People in my world want this mythic thing uh, called a fee on carbon. Don't, oh, people do not use the word tax. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, evil, no, no, no. That's socialism. So the, yeah. So uh, uh, if you, yes. Yeah, because you wouldn't. Socialism in Venezuela is one thing. Socialism in Denmark is another. Of course. So, okay. Denmark has huge corporations, by the way, people, and social socialized They're rich. They're yeah. rich. So, well, there's a lot of that. Well, never mind. Anyway, so what we got to do 
is it's going to be a gentle push all the time, where if you had a fee on carbon, that is to say, when you produce carbon dioxide, pump it in the atmosphere, you have to pay a fee on that. And that goes into a fund. And we do traditional things governments do with funds, build highways, fund the Department of Agriculture, uh, nominally a little bit of education, what have you. But then you might oh, say... If you must with the education, yeah. if you must. <laughs> yeah. You might muse and say, well, that's a regressive tax. That is to say, poor people have to drive their cars and trucks to work. Or not, let's call mm-hmm. it uh, lower income people have to drive their cars and trucks to make a living uh, as service people, for example. And, and restaurants, uh, gardening, uh, lawn maintenance, farming, agriculture, and so on. Okay, you might say that. And that's true to an extent. But rich people burn or produce a lot more carbon than lower income people. People who have two houses, people who have motorboats and ski dues and gotta snowmobiles. Ma- yeah, you got to manage that square footage. Yeah, and yeah, and so lasers and rockets. La- uh, uh, I, all the wealthy people I know have laser, both lasers and rockets. It's just a play laser of, and their work laser. A quality of life thing. So, so you guys, this is a solvable problem. It se- it might seem like a regressive style tax at first. But study after study have been done showing that if you can pay a fee on carbon, it would be the free market discouraging consumption of fossil fuels and encouraging uh, innovation. So there's Mm -hmm. enough wind and solar. Like you could run all of Manitoba, Ophira, uh, on wind and solar (laughs) if you just decided to. I don't mean to oh, diss fair. Manitoba, you know how you but run let's, Manitoba. Let's the, let's, I, I mean, I believe Manitoba is being run by three fans right now. Well, here's the thing. Let's take Alberta. Man, I'm gonna of... get, you're going to get a lot of mean letters from Manitoba. Alberta is perfect. Alberta is all about fossil fuel Yeah, um, but resources. the solar and wind resources there are huge. And I was that's there right. a couple of years ago when everybody had a meltdown in, I guess that's a pun, in Alberta. Because they now had spent their reserve, they were they were uh, having a deficit in this yep. in this province that had nothing but oil running everywhere. And you guys, if you ever go to the tar sands, Fort McMurray, Alberta, oh my goodness, it's the extent of it that you just can't get. Horizon to horizon, people have dug up the forest to get to this tar, which is just below the surface, the topsoil. And through extraordinary chemical engineering processes, you can turn this tar into burnable fuel. Uh, But man, it's a mess. And it's kind of a metaphor for like, we got to stop doing this. I love you all. Why, by the way, (laughs) Ophira, what is the problem with the United States? How did everything go wrong? You can't get shreddies. There are no shreddies in the United States. Did you know that? (laughs) So for those of you listening, it's a Canadian or rather British style breakfast cereal. That's right. There's a lot of things outstanding. like this. It's outstanding. It is But delicious. you can't get it in the U.S. And that is a huge part of the problem here. There's you know, no uh, Bill so there's Nye is secrets. dropping truth bombs all over the place. <laughs> I Can I just say, though, the thing about money is so real. Like one, <laughs> no, because like, for example, so I grew up in Palm Springs, California. Um, and, and and if you, you don't know, Palm Springs is a desert. So there should not be a single building in Palm Springs that doesn't have solar panels. Right. It should have been a part of the whole deal right. of building that place. Um, and in fact, many, I'd, most of the buildings did not have solar pa- panels. Um, but. You know, every time I go back, there's more and more and more and more. Why? Because of subsidies, which is a which is also a part of the Biden administration plan, is providing subsidies to make these things more popular. And in California, they've been doing subsidies for a long time for these things that have made them more and more and more popular. So, and then the other thing is the the market is telling homeowners is if your so your home doesn't have solar panels, the resale value will go down. So again, it's kind of like money is talking, and so people who normally would have been just like God. I'm not going to do fucking solar panels. Who cares? Are doing it because they want to keep the value of their home high and be able to sell it for a good rate. So like, again, this is the market saying do green stuff to your homes because right. you'll and now, you'll, you know, you'll be benefited homes, from it. Financially. Homes are important. And and uh, there's a lot to be done with homes. But we want industrial scale solar, industrial scale wind. So if you ever go to Palm Springs, everybody, one of the most I mean, it's a sightseeing 
amazing thing are the wind yeah. turbines. Yes. So there's this pass oh, of, on the, on by the that, freeway. It's, a land, it's beautiful. It's a landform, and so the wind rushes through this pass in the mountains and creates this fabulous wind, well suited to wind turbines. And so it's really striking. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. And you'll so say, beautiful. well, why is that one not running and that one is? And the, there, there's maintenance. They, they have to need their gear trains that need lubrication. And yeah. depending on the price of electricity, you turn it off or on. This is a solvable so, problem. What we need is, is storage. But notice, by the way, if you're out there and you own stock in fossil fuel companies, notice that their worth, the value of that company, is reckoned on what's buried on stuff that if Hasn't laws change, right. that if there's a fee on carbon, that if people decide that uh, dumping carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has a cost and that should be carried on to the producers of that fossil fuel, then the value of their company, of that fossil fuel company, goes way down because they can't right. access this buried stuff when you talk about economies. And so these are amazing problems that I think we can solve if we just decide to do it. And you talk continue several times about the Biden administration. It's going to be back to the future. That is to say, the the future <laughs> thinking ideas that people had in the early 2000s and the 1990s are going to be reinstated. And I claim everybody's going to benefit. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever mined coal. But All every day. It's dark as a just, dungeon. Just once in college. No, yeah, it's not really it. yeah, just <laughs> dabbling. It's not really a job that people want or seek out. But right. this the wind turbine industry, solar panel industry solar industry. Uh, has all these remarkable job opportunities. You know, studies have been done that you could create about in the U.S. about three million jobs. Um, there it the, is, the money argument. There well, the it money is. Money argument is a pretty jobs, doggone good jobs, one. It's money. Way, Let's do yeah. it, guys. All right. Well, listen, we're going to have to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors that keep the lights oh, on here at Nation. Is yes. It's going to be fun. We love the sponsors. And Whee! then when we come back, we are going to talk about other things. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education 
app from Albania that teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door, and then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple, and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. <laughs> so they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. They're no fuss, no mess meals. Um, they eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, you can customize your weekly meals uh, with flexibility. You can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've, pa I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation50 at factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. Topic number two. The Democrats have already started. The moderate clique and the progressive clique are TPing each other's houses, and it could get <laughs> ugly. AOC was criticizing Connor Lamb and how little he spent on Facebook ads, and Connor Lamb was like, oh, yeah, you don't know anything about rural voters. And then their little spat was broadcast on the airways, and now everybody hates everybody. Oh, my gosh. What do you think of this spat? Should it be public? And not just between AOC and Connor Lamb. I'm talking between all of the progressives and all of the moderates. Is there a better way to handle this? Um, or or is this just like the natural uh, vicissitudes of a post-election season? Ophira, what do you think? 
Well, when, you know, I feel like just anxieties are so high and people have so much to burn in terms of their rage and fury. And we haven't even been allowed to feel any closure that I think it's being, I think all that stuff exists. I just think it's being misdirected a lot right now because there is so much chaos. Right. You know, I just feel like if everyone could just take a breath, of course, of course, there's going to be moderates and progressives. And this person's like, but I don't believe in this. But you you're you're a socialist, right? All these people that are like, I am not a socialist just because I said taxes Uh, and all of these people fighting within each other. But I think it's just uh, I I wish I could put a pause and just be like, let's let's just take a moment to agree that Mm. something has been accomplished. Well, first of all, let's have that thing accomplished. Right. Like, we're not even allowed to feel this sense of, like, this is happening. I mean, right. it's like all the right people are saying all the right things. You're talking about but... the election being resolved. Yes. And right. the guy conceding defeat and going off to Florida and yeah. just waiting it out. Yeah. 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 Or That'd starting his media empire and talking incessantly in a boring Go fashion. Whatever it. it is. Do so, that thing. So, you know, thing. you guys... I'm all for the raving conservative media empire that is envisioned, but I think the guy may end up in court uh, yeah, with also his that. tax problems for quite a while. You know, yeah, you can, SDNY, what up? How, in the states, however it has to unfold. In the states, fine. you can get away with a lot of stuff, but when you start messing with the Internal Revenue Clearly. Service, yeah, that's when you, When you start so. messing with your Internal Revenue Service and then the New York Times does several hundred pages of reporting about specifically how you did that, <laughs> yeah, it's so. tough. Um, but, I, you know, the the thing, it's interesting that, you, you know, that Ophir, you're asking basically for like, a national pause on on being shitty to each other. Um, I think what you know. The other thing is, it doesn't feel particularly strategic, right? Because <laughs> yeah, we have. I know. I I know. I yeah, know. No, it's that's very like, true. But it just it's doesn't feel scattershot. It feels messy. It feels, you know, shambolic. It feels like we do we not have a January 5th race in Georgia. By the way, races to watch races to watch, guys, Georgia, two Senate race runoffs that would determine control of the Senate. I think there should still there should continue to be some measure of a unified front, because even though that race is happening in Georgia, it's unfolding on the national stage. And so, like, I do I think we should still instead of and it. Look, I love AOC ideologically. I think a lot of what she has to say is amazing. She's brilliant. She obviously knows how to use social media to her benefit to get her message out. It's, you know, there's, she's, she's also, and and beyond someone like me appreciating her, she just is the celebrity. Like we didn't get to choose that. It just happened, right? She is the celebrity. And I think with that celebrity comes a little bit more responsibility. And maybe that responsibility is pulling a Connor Lamb aside and saying, did you really only spend $2,000 on your Facebook ads? Let's chat. It doesn't feel friendly. It doesn't feel like strategic. It doesn't feel like a part of everyone working together. Right. And I the one thing I don't like about a particular wing of the progressive a wing of the progressive wing is that they they don't some of them don't like any measure of compromise, right? They don't want to, you know, like if you're not, look, you're not going to get every cabinet member that you want. That's just not how this works. That's not how it's worked since 1776, right? People are going to get stuff they want and stuff they are not that happy and, about. And how and is this not okay. obvious in politics? How is this not obvious right. in politics? But I also think, like, when you're televising uh, this election and it's like we're getting updates based on 12 votes coming in. Yeah. God, I hope they don't do that with Georgia. That was just so nerve wracking. Horrendous. Right? It's just like it causes all of this, like, you're everyone is emotionally uh, connected and disconnected. And then, you know, and then we have the pandemic uh, and people I just think with the politics with the politics right now within the Democratic Party, they were always criticized the whole four years of this about like, get it together, guys. You got to come together. Let's get a united front here. That is part of the problem with this party. And then the second there is some light in the horizon, it's like totally fall- like the press 
makes it feel yeah. like it's falling apart. Yeah, and then maybe that's part of it, right? Like, I don't want, it's not like I'm trying to blame, uh, you know, AOC or whoever, whoever. I also want to go ahead and do- blame, like, you know, all of the media outlets that are looking for stories and angles looking, and ways to that's make right. this drama and you clickbait, guys, you I know? Just, with respect, I yes. think by the time January 5th comes along, <laughs> yeah. you're going to see a lot more unity. It's okay. Just, yeah. Okay. You so, think right now okay. it's just a lot of people with brooms, like just doing some dusting and, yeah, uh, and kicking out and the old dust? Why would anybody, <laughs> if you think about it, why would anybody be against, for lack of a better phrase, the Green New Deal? Okay. Because they've got constituents that are worried. About right. socialism, about so on. So they say right. what they got to say. They say what they got to say. Like uh, the example I think about was Cory Booker was able to not to not uh, come out against uh, was able to not come out against extraordinary profits for drug companies mm-hmm. because he has so many drug companies. New Jersey is run by chemists. Right. The whole place right. is chemical engineers. And so there were enough votes elsewhere that he where he could say what the nice things to his constituents and, the, and the, the, the law went the way we all might hope it would go. And so this politics is a messy business, but I predict it's not extraordinary. By January 5th, you're going to see people on the blue side getting together to try to get these two guys elected to the Senate. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I it can like be, I think that, that example of, of Cory Booker is a really great one because I think, you know, he shows that you can be a pragmatic progressive, um, willing to make small concessions without being anti-progressive, right? And I think that's one thing, like, that in, I hope we embrace a, a measure of flexibility as we recognize, like, political maneuvering like that because it is if you've seen an episode of veep it's real like that's what's happening they're anti-plastic and for plastic at the same time and they have to figure out how to do that in a speech right like that's i love fracking yeah i love it (laughs) moderation i love fracking and then behind the scenes they're like make sure that that land doesn't get sold for to that fracking company right it's that's the thing that's happening and we you know and and the difference now is that every little my small thing that anyone says all the time is being reported on and because we're fucking addicts we are like consuming it but we're not seeing the full picture necessarily and uh and i think that's and it and it just it's, it's just a little dumb the other thing is i kind of think every moderate is secretly a progressive like i don't think connor lamb is against, you know, green jobs. That's what I'm saying. Everybody. Right. right. They're just secretly all progressive. Well, they've got it. Exactly. Uh, this is um, Al Franken points out, you know, everybody wants everybody to have a high quality of life. It's just there's anxiety about change and so on. So you stay tuned. If you're listening and uh you hate me, you hate puppies, you hate goldfish, you just hate everything. Fine, knock yourselves out. But these two Senate races in Georgia are of great importance to the, sort of the history of humankind. Because mm-hmm. the United States is the world's most influential culture. And I like to remind people the United States is the world's third most populous country. You know, we all think, oh, yeah. many of us think China, India, China, India, billion people each. The United States has a third of a billion people. And Ophira, there are more people in California than in Canada. Oh, I know. More people in California. Well, I mean, more people in California than Australia. I hear hear there's more people in in, in New York City than Manitoba. That's probably true. There are more Canadian. There are more Canadian actors in California than there are in Canada. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, that's 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 a thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a thing. It's just it's a it's a real thing. So Um, we can do this, everybody. And uh, can I ask another question for of you, Bill? On that is is 
So I, you think the progressives can do it. And if you hear my baby crying in the background, that is by design. Crying. That is by design. Okay. Well, the baby's um, like, can't they just get their social media together? You know, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking quit your screaming um, and take it to Twitter, I say to her all the time. Um, but I, but I, my question for you, Bill, is so you think the prog- that the, the progressives and moderates are secretly both feel the same way and that they're going to get it together. And I, uh, you know, hope you're right. I wonder when hope is when not sh- a plan, my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, true. Um, but okay, let's talk about nuts and bolts. Where it's 2021, let's say, and I, I'm not. I, this is just a hypothetical that I don't want it to cut, be a reality. But let's say Mitch McConnell is still in charge of the Senate. Yeah, <laughs> should progressive I love the voice make- you used for that. <laughs> Because I don't want to say it like it's real. Yes, I know. Well, I mean, it's like the Scottish play. say what you will, but but his mission was to make Obama one-term president. So, and Obama asked the question, and I asked this of all all the people who hate me, what are you for? What are you you all for? I got what you're against. You're against sort of uh, everything that... um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is in favor of. You're against all. But what are you in favor of? And most, near as I can tell, they're in favor of small government uh, mm-hmm. and lower taxes. Okay, it's the world's third most populous country. It's the most influential culture. What is, how big is small? And as people have said about uh, this metaphor many times, a machine should have all the parts it needs, but no more. You don't just put extra parts on a machine. And so in the same way, how big should the government be? Big enough, right? So the idea that making it small for the sake of being small, I think, is part of the conflict. It's just that goal of making it small just leads to inadequacy. Imagine that he's still the the, the leader on the Senate. Um, Do we – what would you think about making compromises that for him – well, what? So it depends on what he's for. Uh, you know what? I left right. that, I, that I, part yeah. out. What are you I for, Mr. Saying, McConnell? Yeah. And then we'll right. take a meeting. You and are right. for it can't just be pollution. It can't just be obstructionist, obstructionist, or like, yeah. like p- pr- bring something to the table. Yeah. yeah and, and you know what? I, that's an excellent point. Mitch McConnell, if you're listening, I know you're a fan of the show. Uh, bring something to the table. Bring something to the table. Don't show up empty handed. I think that's a terrific point. And, and another reason. Interesting thing, you know, those. Those guys really counted on getting these conservative judges in the Supreme Court. But they are judges. And so they looked at the Affordable Care Act and, well, I guess, you know, (laughs) that really is not unconstitutional. There's nothing in there about. They haven't uh, ruled officially on the latest one yet, but it's looking like that they're going to And then the other thing is this idea of being an originalist, Ophira, have you heard this expression? trying to interpret the U.S. Constitution, the world's oh, yeah. most influential government governmental document, uh, trying to interpret that as the way the people who wrote it interpreted it. Okay, well, where do you stop? Does the First Amendment make it into the original? <laughs> this is, yeah, right. Where, what's the 25th Amendment? Is that in the, the 14th Amendment? Is that in the original or not? And so it's just, you guys, you're not fooling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Built yeah, yeah. in is changed. So, okay, you guys, a- how do we work? How do we work together? Let us say Dr. McConnell is still in charge of that side of the Senate. How do we work together? And I and I want to say, too, there was a little clip that was going around yesterday of Lindsey Graham fist bumping Kamala Harris yesterday in the <laughs> on the Senate floor. Because you know what? Lindsey Graham knows that Kamala Harris is the vice president-elect, despite all of his fucking haranguing on, the t- on television. And so there are... I kind of am like, you know what? Let's have some more of that back channel discussions. Like, do your politicking. And um, and then for the rest of us, we just we need to like know that some of those things are happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I got to say, just to bring back an earlier point, that's why I asked about these executive orders. And I'm glad you put them in context, Bill. But I feel like that is a uh, abused power. Unintended right consequence, yeah, yes. for sure. Uh, and and so, it really disregards the debate that is supposed to happen for policies. And so, yeah. Furthermore, yeah. also to continue further along more so, 
uh, relying on <laughs> dot dot dot. The relying this is the closing. The this is, you're, you're, you're closing the segment, Bill. So make it uh, well, really okay, yeah, cool. amazing. So the relying on the courts to determine the nature of the Affordable Care Act is certainly one way to do it. But well, much more reasonable is to pass laws where laws. law where the court then interprets the laws where the laws are robust enough and well intending enough and effective enough that the uh, courts don't end up adjudicating these sort of things. We can do this, everybody. Let's be optimistic right. about the future. Clean water, renewable electricity, litigious. access to the internet for everybody yes. in the world to raise the standard of living of women and girls so that everybody has a higher quality of life. Yes. Back to you. Okay. That was a beautiful way to end the segment. Mm, um, I want to, before we go into topic number three, I just want to remind listeners about the little initiative we have here at Fake the Nation, which is shop locally for your Christmas gifts. Uh, if you like the streets where you live and the storefronts that you see and that you've enjoyed, go and shop there. Do not put your money into uh, monopolistic online retailers who don't need your money. Um, Jeff Bezos has already filled his IRA for the year. He doesn't need it. He's good. So go <laughs> ahead and put it into the pockets of the people in your community. I put together a list for the East Village. Um, people have been tagging me on their lists in other cities. Um, we've heard from Wisconsin and Seattle. Please keep doing that. I will retweet and share and repost or whatever, however it is. Is, I would really love for us to put our money into local business this holiday season and help them get over this hump that is this monstrous pandemic. All right. And we're ready for topic number three. So uh, New Zealand just passed a bill eliminating its discrimination against women. And, and Bill, you really teed us up for this topic. Um, it's uh, They passed a bill eliminating pay discrimination against women in female-dominated occupations. Um, so it's basically New Zealand being like so New Zealish. Uh, women, <laughs> uh, we read a piece called Women's Work Can No Longer Be Taken for Granted by Anna Louise Sussman, where she laid this all out for us. And it's based on a pay equity model that different from uh, equal pay for equal work. Um, what what did you think of New Zealand's move? I mean, it's fabulous. What's not to love? But it's a very <laughs> difficult thing. No, so it's just what we say all the time on my, in my little world out there. You spend more time with your elementary school teacher than you do with your parents. Mm. So that person should be valued. But then getting this long tradition in the U.S. of having schools funded by local tax dollars uh, leads to corners being cut in uh, underserved communities where people don't make a lot of money. And then in overserved communities, people have fabulous schools with biology labs well-appointed with all sorts of rubber frogs and so on. So this seems like a solvable problem. We have another little problem in the U.S., in the U.S., this business of charter schools or um, or the mm -hmm. demand for publicly funded vouchers for private schools. Right. And that leads to inequity. And yeah. a lot of it here in the U.S. as a science educator, we're talking about New Zealand, but a lot of it leads to is people who don't want evolution to be taught in schools uh, become very influential. And this leads to disparities in income. And so teachers, to me, are the classic example. Most elementary teachers are uh, women, and their work is not valued. And as I say, I hope you've mastered the curriculum. I hope if you're a fourth grade teacher, you've got the curriculum. <laughs> the adding, subtracting, the multiplying, I hope you can do that. The occasional sentence construction. But to value that is a really hard thing uh, to get people to value that. But you're telling us, you're telling us that in New Zealand they're trying to do that. You know, they're trying to do it. And then, Bill, it's here's the crazy thing. And, and I wonder what you think about this, Ophira. The, like, so the difference between valuing something as, as pay equity versus equal pay for equal work is yeah. that they're taking jobs that are different, have different titles, but that have similar skill sets involved. And that's how they're trying to determine the value of the job. So the example that they give in this piece is the caregiver. So let's say you have a home health person or whatever, a caregiver. Um, they compare that job to the job of a prison guard, right? Because they both have to deal with... 
difficult yeah. people that are, you know, you don't, you know, you, there's a lot of physical, there's a, there's a physical brawn involved. There's um, also un, uh, unpredictable moods and yelling and just a lot of unpredictability involved in the person that you have to deal with. Um, and then there's the care, like just the straight up caregiving um, that it's common to both fields. And, and in um, the, you know, the, it, they, there was a case where this one um, health care worker was earning, a caregiver was earning $15.75 in New Zealand dollars an hour. Um, and after they did this kind of case by job to job comparison, the wage went up to $26. So what New Zealand is doing is basically going through all of the jobs to figure out what is the actual value if we strip gender and we look at what the people are doing in those jobs, what is the actual value? So for example, social workers were compared to detectives and family violence constables in the New Zealand police or engineers employed by the Auckland City Council and air traffic controllers, um, because all of these roles require alertness and focus, um, and they, uh, they um, there's a lot of sensory demands, there's a lot of stress, and so this is how they're rejiggering pay rates, and it makes so much sense. And then, can I tell you guys the thing that made me cry about this piece? The um, I'll just read from from the article. It said many social workers found the analysis of their work more valuable than the pay raise itself. Some on seeing the many skills and competencies they brought to work every day spelled out in in a de, uh, in a detailed assessment were moved to tears. Because the other thing that I feel like we've done as a society is we don't stop and consider the work that someone does. Right. Identify what it is they do. So, Ophira, does it? How did this strike you, this method of pay equity? I mean, so you read this stuff and you just go, I mean, my first emotional response is, how am I living in the dark ages Yeah, when there is like just this, you know, futuristic, uh, smart idea, like a bunch of people came together uh, and said words like, what if we all got rid of gender and looked at jobs based on their how hard they are? And everyone went, yes, yes. everyone, everyone <laughs> said yes. Uh, and then immediately I went to, OK, as a female stand up comic, I should be paid the same as a professional boxer. I thought that's <laughs> immediately. Uh, I'm not sure that's that. a lot of money. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, it depends where you are. I think no, there's not a lot of academic training in professional what? boxing. You know there's a lot of training. But you, you guys, know, yeah. here's the trouble Let's with this. It, and I'm all for it. Bring it yeah. on. But it's top down. Somebody, There's some... There's some uh, council deciding what job is sure. worth a lot. And so I'm all for the idea, but here but in who the are States, the people? man, here in the U.S., when conservatives get hold of that idea, they're gonna, they're just not gonna sure. embrace it. I mean, no, no, no. You need is, like, it's... you need like ten really good book clubs to get to cut together. Like, you know, handpick <laughs> these people. From... No, and and I think the the thing is, is that you know, and they pointed this out in the article. This is again, New Zealand is a little tiny baby country. So a lot of the things that we talk and we, you know, we put just into art and on on a pedestal, blah blah blah. But she does not have the same job as the president of the United States, right? It's right. different. Um, and and so you're totally right, Bill. And I think, but the other thing about it is what there could be a fun workaround. This is just like a fake the nation idea here. Fun workaround similar to the popular um, uh, popular vote interstate compact, the national popular vote interstate compact is what if a bunch of huge fucking corporations got together, healthcare corporations, da, 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 they all got together and they're like, we're doing this. And that we did a little corporate workaround. If we can lobby the corporate um uh, these firms to change their pay scales that could that would have a huge mm -hmm. impact on society well, and then it would make it more socially acceptable well, so New I Zealand think part is, of it is lobbying an, them New Zealand is having an effect that we're even talking about it I it's know well, that's cool. what I was thinking too like meanwhile we're all, you know I'm reading article after article about how you know the women are being set back decades because they're leaving the workforce because of the demands of trying to work and have a family during the pandemic and how you know how that is going to affect us in the future and meanwhile you know in another part of the world that I think we would formally use for jokes 
mostly, and speak about the number of people versus sheep and things like that. (laughs) Uh, And now they are thought leaders. And so another, let me just throw this out as a, um, I'm an old man, curmudgeon. I watch, I get my news from television, if you can imagine a guy that old. I know, Is that yeah. in a square? Or and I have this whole thing. I found out there's a button you can turn your phone off. I don't know if you guys knew that. Shut <laughs> it's crazy. Up. Anyway. It happened once and I was very confused. <laughs> you're just, you were lost. I was you were like, at but sea. what do you do now? I have to get yeah. a new one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we talk about, uh, you, may, you made reference to big corporations that provide uh, uh, anything you want online delivered to your door and stuff. But we admire those like. guys yeah. and gals, the people that become the Elon Musk, yes. the Jeff Bezoses. We admire them. And this idea that in the that was floated quite a bit by certain progressive politicians that um, we just need to take their money, just take their money and everything will be fine. What you want, it just doesn't go that way. We have to chip away at it. We've got to slowly redistribute as fast as possible, redistribute wealth. And I think this idea that equitable, uh, comparing jobs that have equitable value to one another is part of that, where you just don't say, we're taking all the billionaires' money because we admire the billionaires. We admire this idea that a Canadian actor comes to the U.S. and there are more Canadian actors in the States than there are in Canada. We admire that. And so what we got to do is celebrate I don't mean to go down a, a, a dead end here, but we've got to do everything all at once. We've got to get equitable pay for equitable jobs. We've got to redistribute wealth. And we have to enable people to have this dream of running their own rocket company or electric car company or PayPal company. Right. Keep the idea of the innovation as something that is right. going to drive By the way, people for speaking success. Speaking of innovation, my friends. Yeah. If you go to Article One, Section Eight, Clause Eight of the U.S. Always Constitution, do. of the U.S. Constitution, <laughs> yeah. the job of Congress is to uh, promote the progress of science and useful arts. Hey, for the sake oh, oft of, forgotten, oft forgotten. For the sake of intellectual property that well, let's, it motivates um, innovators. Yes. Let's end on that note um, because Bill has a heart out. Uh, so I, I want to yeah. end the show um, <laughs> by thanking you both for being on the panel. You're so fantastic. Both of you, thank you so very much. And Bill, I would like for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the good things you do. Where do they find you? Uh, I'm at Bill Nye on all the socials that the kids use. Your Twitter, your, the gram. <laughs> uh, and then I've found, I work with somebody who just comes in with uh, an adjective and a, and a noun. And that's the new thing that the kids are doing. Uh, <laughs> just look around you. Um, electric clock over your shoulder there, Nagan. Is ele- you're not on electric clock, Bill? Electric clock. All the kids are using oh. electric clock. <laughs> You're not on red airplane. Red yeah, airplane yeah, yeah. is the future, yeah, man. Yeah, you got to yeah, be on yeah, red yeah. airplane. Yeah, but whatever yeah, yeah. that two, uh, no, that's not an airplane. It's a flower. You're not on red flower. You got to get on red flower. <laughs> you're and so whenever uh, so you're red flower emerges, things. whenever I'm on yellow marker, I see that also in the background. <laughs> on yellow marker, Bill, you got to get yellow marker. All the kids are doing yellow marker. Wherever uh, those emerge, it's at Bill Nye. That's all I'm saying. As soon as they emerge, we get on at Bill Nye and, you know, I mean, let me tell you something. I've been on Red Flower and it's a a rough ride. It's fantastic. It's a rough ride. Most inspiration, most innovative, uh, rather insightful discussions are on there. But here, you guys, I just want you to just be optimistic. We are all in this together. If we learn nothing else from this pandemic, we are all one species, one planet, we are in this together. We're going to get through this. We're fighting about politics and stuff and the details. But pretty soon, people are going to accept the problems of climate change and they're going to address them. The faster, the better, of course. The more equitable society is, the better it is for everybody. And if you could do one big picture, giant idea, to keep, if you had one big picture, giant idea to keep in mind, it's raising the standard of living of women and girls. When you do that, everybody's life is better. And Uncle Bill's technical three things to do for that are clean water for everybody, 
renewable electricity, reliable, renewable, reliable electricity for everybody, and then access to the internet or whatever the kids call the internet, red flower or yellow marker or whatever it is, because that will provide educational opportunities literally for everyone in the world, including West Virginia, where uh, the terrain is so rugged that you can't get uh, uh, copper wires to everywhere easily. So we can do this, everybody. Let's be optimistic about the future. It's not magic. Well, okay. It's science. Okay. And an Ophira, I would love for the people of the nation to find you. Where do they do that? Well, in the spirit of optimism and everything that we've talked about in pay equity, you know, they can find me on Venmo at Ophira. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Fucking make it. Yes. Let's make it real between the female and male That's comedians. Right. That's right. Um, I also was thinking that male, female comedian, female comedian, what is an occupation? I was, I, I heard that like, I was thinking weather, about this. Meteorologists get yelled at a lot for being wrong about the weather, like heckled. <laughs> and I was like, oh, should we get the same pay as meteorologists? That might That's be a thing. Public defender? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone that just gets shit on yes, exactly. all the time. Like that's what a comedian, yeah, comedian pay should be. Um, so, uh, Ophir, where do they find you online? Uh, at, Ophira, uh, at Ophira on Venmo and then uh, Ophira, all of the And everywhere else, at Ophira E. Yeah, at Ophira E on everything else. Yeah. Um, and obviously you should be listening to Ask Me Another on NPR. You can subscribe. Yeah, we're, it's a we're, wonderful we podcast continue. Much like they, you, we continue. They, you've, you've continued marvelously. Um, but <laughs> what you. I would as like to well. do, uh, you guys know where to find me and all the stuff that I do. And actually this week, I'm also joining, uh, wait, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. So tune in for that. Um, and in the meantime, I would like to thank the people that make this show happen. That's our production team here, Anita Flores, our, our wonderful producer, our talented audio engineer is Andy Christens. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music and Lily Fleshler helps with research and listeners. We love to hear from you. So send us your feedback, talk topics we should be chatting about or guest ideas you might have. You can leave us a voicemail at 331-901-000. Or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. If you like what you hear, please favorite Fake the Nation on Stitcher. Follow us on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave a review, it helps people find the show. Um, Thank you so much. And we'll, we'll be back in your earballs next week. <laughs>